Oh. <laughs> yes. I can wait. You guys ready? Ready? Okay. Welcome to the City of Petaluma Planning Commission meeting. Today is Tuesday, September 24th, 2013, and we will start with a roll call. Council Member Miller? Here. Marzo? Here. Lynn? Wick? Here. Pierre? Here. Benedetti Petnick? Here. And Wolpert? Here. Okay, and the next item on the agenda is the commission elections, which I don't remember how we do these, so we'll need a little bit of help on if there should be discussion or just straight up nominations or how we will do this. Uh, let's, I'll consult your rules very quickly. Thank I you. think you have a lot of flexibility though. Okay. Do, do we, I, we stop, we waited last time because Jocelyn wasn't here. I don't know how long she's gonna be out. So just to throw that out there, last time we did continue the item because not everybody was here. We can do that again, but it, it makes she may be out for a little while. So okay. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what we're, what you know, what what everybody thinks about that. I, n I nominate Jocelyn for chair. <laughs> <laughs> I second. Uh, oh boy. You're evil. <laughs> Tough crowd. Seriously. In the past, it's really been a, a nomination. Okay. Um, by. By commissioners and okay, and we and have chair, first vice vice chair, and then second, second chair. Yes, okay. and then um, does this include also appointments or um, what do you call them to the commissions we, and committees? We did do that at either the last meeting. Okay. We did that. Okay. So um, Commissioner Wick is on um, PVAC, and Commissioner Petnick, I believe, is on Tree Advisory no. Committee. So we Great. we did that. Okay, all right, good. So does anybody want to um, volunteer themselves for any of those positions for the next year, correct? Correct. And will this go through January 30th or does it go till 12 months from today? Uh, we'll do them again in January. So oh, Jan a, it's that's a, a year, okay. okay. It's in a, no, not January, I'm sorry, say, July. Oh, okay, I was gonna say maybe we should just yeah. wait. <laughs> July. Okay. Would I'll, I'll nominate uh, Bill Wolpert. <laughs> are you are you interested in being chair? Not right now. Okay. Are you? Sure. Okay. All right. I second that. That's a great idea. Okay. So do we take a little vote? Okay. All those in favor of Bill being chair through July 2014? No. Who am I running against? There's no running. Hi. <laughs> Aye. 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 Okay. And then first chair nominations. I nominate JT for that one. Second. Are you willing? Sure. Okay. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Okay. And second chair? I think Commissioner Marzo should uh, fill in second chair. I'll second that if you're okay. Okay. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Great. Okay. Is that effective right now? No, next week. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Moving on to um, minute approval. Um, I was not here, so I'll have to abstain. And so, looks like we could have um, 
majority and so unless there's objections we, those can be automatically approved correct okay those are approved moving on to item four planning managers report oh I'm sorry excuse me public comment so this is a period for public comment on items not on the agenda so if you're here to speak about something that is not here um, is anybody here for that okay then we'll close the public hearing and move or public comment period and move to planning managers report so I just wanted to um, update you we held a workshop at City Council last night on some of the zoning related items that are on the City Council's work plan we um, discussed short-term rentals parking um, some of the mandated code updates that will be coming before this board to address things like our lupa and the Cottage Food Act some of the um, the requirements at the federal or state level that we need to bring our zoning code into compliance with um, did a little update on signs historic preservation um, and we discussed uh, definition of mixed use which is another item on the council's work plan so it was kind of a an update to the council the item that got the most public input was the short-term rental issue and this is really dealing with um, kind of the proliferation of uses the Airbnb type use and uh, looking at it slightly different than a traditional bed and breakfast type use and what level of regulation would the council like to see so we got some direction on that to go pursue and research um, some small changes to development impact fees that will be going back to the council not in terms of dollar amounts but some clarification on definitions and um, implementation some um, updates for housing the housing element cycle that is about to the city is undertaking some of those changes so um, it was a good a good dialogue and we'll start keep working on some of those items that will be coming before the Commission at various times um, also wanted to update you that uh, Maria Drive Apartments is scheduled to go before the council for consideration on October 21st and that's all I had can you give us an update on when we should see, start to see um, anything related to a mixed-use development that was something that was identified as a um, goal at the beginning of the year for council right so it doesn't right. sound like it was discussed at the workshop or it was, was it? it was discussed on, on the surface you know very kind of here's here's what some of the definitions are um, one of the other things that staff brought up is um, in addition to the definition of mixed use for instance in the general plan one of the things staff has um, identified is the implementation of mixed use in the zoning code mm -hmm. creates a lot of a lot of issues um, challenges with implementing a vision in the general plan using the zoning code and I think we ran into that some with some of the recent projects in terms of mm -hmm properties that are designated mixed-use zone mixed-use but don't allow residential by the zoning code some of those things some of the inconsistencies in the ISO for implementing that so it it will be I don't have a date for you but right. it, we did start initiate that discussion so staff is actively working on that now staff is trying to actively work on everything that's in that work plan okay to be have addressed all those items okay. before the end of the two year okay Thanks. With very limited resources. <laughs> Good job. Um, uh, did any, do we have any liaison reports? Did you were you able to attend PBAC or the tree committee meeting since the last one? I attended 
and the August tree committee meeting, I was unable to attend their September meeting. And uh, at the time, at the meeting that I attended, they were we were flushing out the um, the Center Park redwood tree oh, okay. removal, and that um, that will come to pass. And it looks like um, the uh, looks like they have a, a very favorable financial situation that they've worked out for the removal of the tree and the salvaging of the wood and um, the, uh, the the milling of the wood ultimately um, to to be used for a, a project not yet identified but one that they're they're looking at opportunities for so um, that uh, that removal is happening in early October looks like and that I just learned from an email I saw today um, there, there is some discussion. There was also discussion about Arbor Day events. Um, they're getting their arms around that. There, uh, there's a tree grant they're looking at, and um, and I think for this committee, probably the most important item I heard on their agenda that I need to dive into a little deeper before I bring it back to this commission has to do with uh, developer. Um, developer um, guidelines for in SPAR for surrounding irrigation and um, and landscape items so there's there's some work there to do before I and that might become an agendized item at some point but okay I need to study it further thank you anything from PBAC we had review of one project um, proposed uh, Safeway gas station mm. <clears throat> at the corner of Maria and uh, McDowell Boulevard and it was it was uh, moving through completeness so we offered uh, not merits comments but some of the design comments that came from the committee okay thank you hmm? anything else for anybody else uh, yes councilmember um, just to update you guys on what's going on what's been going on with the council um, like Heather said there was a workshop last night on zoning code updates um, on uh, the 16th, um, the City Council voted to join the lawsuit to try to open Lafferty Park to the public, which I'm sure you read about in the newspaper. Um, we also sent a letter to the SCTA board regarding the loss of trees along 101 relating to the Caltrans work, and that was something that the tree committee um, worked on probably in that September meeting that, That's right. that Gina wasn't able to attend. Um, the massage ordinance was adopted and we discussed the Sonoma County Library Joint Powers Agreement so that was the 16th we also had a meeting on the 9th um, and there was lots of discussion in general public comment on the proposed Safeway gas station um, so there was a lot of talk about that um, we also heard the appeal on the Lynch Creek Plaza project which is the Walgreens and um, the City Council voted to approve the uh, general plan amendment and zoning map amendment but um, I think Vice Mayor Albertson put it best when he said that uh, the driveway issue was dead in the water I think was his quote <laughs> so we instructed the applicant to kind of look at other ways of, of um, providing that service to people whether it's a curbside pickup or a home delivery or, or something other than um, other than a drive-through so that's that's where we are on that and the antique fair is this weekend uh, Sunday from 8 to 4 downtown Great. A follow-up question on uh, on the uh, Lynch Creek 
project. So the, the zoning change has, has occurred. That was approved, am I understanding that correctly? We voted to approve it, yes. Actually, it was um, a, a general, a, a, an informal vote that there was support to approve it, but it was remanded back to the Planning Commission um, to look at the environmental document and do a more complete site plan and architectural review and then go back up to um, the council. Some of the issues that came up from the council were, um, for instance, a general support for the change in use and zoning, but for that project and not and wanting a little more detail on whether that project was actually viable without the drive-through was one thing. So didn't want to approve those land use entitlements unless they knew the project was coming and also wanted the Planning Commission's input on the environmental document before it was reviewed and adopted by the Council because the Planning Commission really didn't dive into the environmental when they determined there wasn't support for the entitlements. They didn't provide any comments on that environmental document. So uh, ideally that will be coming back to this group. We have we kind of um, are waiting to see and get input from the applicant on where, where they want to go with it without the drive-through and how they were looking at some options and some redesigning and we would wait until that excuse me Heather has um, yes. staff been contacted by the applicant since the City Council we've meeting? made we've made we've had some contact yeah. but nothing we haven't received anything. We haven't okay. received a date. Yes, you'll have plans on this date, or we want to go on this agenda. Got it. But we Thank have you. had dialogue. Madam Chair, if I could also just yes. add, I think toward the, I don't know how much, it was more than just one or two members, I think, but I don't know if it was necessarily a majority position, but some of the council members were starting to focus on the issue of um, granting of the discretionary entitlements not in, this, in, in the project as proposed doesn't necessarily lock in or guarantee that project um, and that applicant. So starting to wrestle with that a little bit. Um, so th that was also an element of the discussion. Thanks. Okay, anything else before we um, go to item six? Okay, so we'll have our public hearing for um, the proposed ISO text changes. We actually have, um, you should have a revised agenda. Oh, that that's item out. six now, yes, that's right. Yes, item okay. six now is the Logan Place oh, PUD <coughs> condition of modification. Okay. thank you. And if the commission can bear with us, um, we do not have any uh, technology available to us tonight. Um, we've problem. been having a lot of server drive issues, so we're going to kind of, um, I know. Can you bear with us? So we prepared <coughs> some technology. Um, I don't know. Ms. Rob's a Cal Poly grad. I think she should she be able can, to draw she, it for she, us. Right. She, I'm yeah. sure she will do a great job <laughs> winging it, but just bear with us. Right. So good evening, Planning Commissioners. Uh, for your review tonight is the request to modify Condition 11 of the Logan Place Resolution 2009-076. Logan Place is located at 12... Hundred Pedluma Boulevard North and was approved by council in May of 2009. Construction of the 66-unit multifamily affordable housing community comprised of six studio, 12 one-bedroom, 21 two-bedroom, and 27 three-bedroom apartment units 
in four three-bedroom buildings and one four-story podium building is nearing completion. The apartment community was developed by and will be ban managed by Burbank Housing. Based upon the recommendation of the Petaluma Pedestrian and Bicycle Committee and with agreement of Burbank Housing at that 2009 council hearing, the city council added language to condition 11 requiring a gate to the land that Petaluma Bounty Farm leases next door. Later, when construction level plans were developed, a grade change of about three feet was identified along the shared property line between Logan Place and the Bounty Farm site. No grade change was anticipated during the city council hearing. The city's chief building official confirmed that if a gate were installed, it and a path to it would need to be ADA accessible. To satisfy this requirement and to address the three-foot grade change at the property line, extensive concrete ramping would be necessary. And the work necessary to meet the ADA requirements would include elimination of a significant amount of approved landscaping, the addition of significant amount of hardscape, which the city council had really worked hard to reduce, and the alteration of the approved site plan. The necessary work was estimated to cost an unbudgeted fifteen to twenty thousand dollars. For these reasons, Burbank Housing requests that the project be found to be in substantial conformance with the approved project without incorporating the gate called for by Condition Eleven. The two nonprofits involved have each expressed a desire and commitment to involve Logan Place residents with the neighboring Petaluma Bounty Farm. Staff recommends that the Commission forward a recommendation to the City Council that they modify Condition 11 of the City Council resolution to eliminate the requirement for installation of a gate to the adjacent Bounty Farm, subject to the findings in the draft resolution. We do have one correspondence, which was today emailed to you individually from Melissa Hathaway of the Petaluma Pedestrian and Bicycle Advisory Committee, requesting that the gate condition remain and a copy of this is also at your places. And there's also a word omitted from the proposed resolution. It's the bottom of page two. So, so the sentence would read, elimination of the required gate on the southern property boundary will preserve the approved landscaping plan that was reviewed and approved by SPARC and will not not being the word added, alter the arrangement of the buildings or service facilities. I also wanted to note that we have Bonnie Gabler, the housing administrator, and Sue Castellucci, housing specialist here, because the city is a sponsor of this affordable housing project. The chief building official, Edward Hammer, is also here, since the ADA issue is pivotal in this case, and Pascal Sissit, Sisich, the project applicant from Burbank Housing is here, as well as Elise Hempel representing Pedluma Bounty Farms. And Bonnie is going to conclude the staff presentation. Good evening, Chairperson Pierre and Commissioners. Uh, thanks so much for the opportunity to present this request for a modification to this requirement for a gate between one of our affordable housing properties and the Bounty site. We apologize for what appears to be a last minute change, but 
it, this happened due to a mix-up in communication between Burbank and our city staff, and Burbank thought the request for removal of this condition was approved in 2011. Mm -hmm. So sorry for the 12th hour here. Both Burbank and Petaluma Bounty, as um, Tiffany said, are complete accord about the benefits of having a positive partnership between uh, both the Bounty and the residents of this family complex. They are both uh, agree that they will implement programs that will, um, Bounty's programs, which I'm not that familiar with, but I know are, I'm not into nature. Uh, but both all the kids and the adults at Logan Place will be involved with. So uh, Elise is here from Bounty, and Chilby can speak more specifically about um, the programs they would have and the reasons why they, they also wish for this requirement to be removed. And then, as uh, Tiffany said, Pascal is also here to answer any questions. So as housing administrator, I'm responsible for edging this or right at the finish line to get it across. So I'm happy to answer any questions you have from a housing point of view and what I can. And then the experts are here also. Thank you. Are there questions? I do have one. Is, does, sorry, did you have one? I have one. Go ahead. Um, aside from the, um, well, from, re from reading the report, it appeared that it was just the expense associated with providing the ADA compliant access between the properties. That was the stumbling block. I or as I didn't mean to interrupt. That's a, an excellent question. That is the least of our worries, which is unusual for an affordable housing person to say that. But there are so many reasons why these both of these two property owners do not want a gate between. Uh, two private properties, and I think. Do you want me? I think Elise can maybe both say that. I don't know, if, um, but I would. I would be interested in hearing what some of those yeah, reasons yeah, are. She's the most articulate. Okay. Good evening, Elise Hempel, Petaluma People Services Center Executive Director, and the Bounty Farm is one of our programs. The um, farm, if you haven't been down to it, is really a production farm, and we do invite the community in for programs that are very prescriptive that we offer at the pro at the at the farm. Um, but the main purpose is to grow food that we're able to distribute to families in this community. So, the access. Um, allowing immediate access to families as if, if they wanted to come across when the farmers not there when the program people aren't there um, really would be a cause of concern for accidents happening food being destroyed um, you know all of those things that could happen if they're unintended um, but, but we do plan to have a lot of programs and some leadership programs and some programs with youth about nutrition and education and we want to invite them and ha want to have them have access but we want them to have access that everybody else has we don't do food distribution from that site and we don't plan to and and don't intend to do food distribution from that site so it wouldn't be a matter of coming in access to food um, those are distributed at other locations where we take the food to get distributed so go ahead go ahead do you have uh, cash sales of any kind out there? Not not at the farm. At the farm. Years ago, when they first started, they were they were doing cash sales. What we do do at the farm is we do sell plants there. Um, um, 
twice a, twice a year. But um, all of the food sales now are done at the farmers market and at the health center, where we actually are able to take um, EBT cards. Okay. My question, and you might be able to answer it, is: um, Does if we are, if this gets approved um, to remove this condition, does that preclude future a future gate there? In other words. No, I think no, if, if you know it, one of the things we're thinking about doing and and in discussion is doing some expansion of um, existing property that we are actually um, leasing from somebody else, and if we are able to do that, there would be a back end uh, extension where we could possibly support some kind of connection mm -hmm. to the farm for the for the families, or possibly even put in their own garden under their own. Uh, on their own property for them so that they could actually grow their own vegetables there too. That's another possibility. So. Okay. Thank you. Any other questions? Are there any presentations? Pascal? Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, good evening. Pascal Sisich from Burbank. Just to add a little bit more to what Elise said, from our side, um, you know, originally the gate was to be at grade basically. But now with the ramping system, I mean, a couple other considerations from a property management perspective, that's <laughs> really an attractive nuisance. I mean, that's going to become, uh, you know, a place where kids to, to skateboard and hang out. And it's on the backside of our site. And while we have some video cameras on our property, we, you know, we, we try to minimize um, areas that could be, you know, places that are kind of out of the way. And this is, that's exactly what this would be, is sort of out of the way. Also, our, our you know the the way these sites are designed and balanced in terms of uh, water quality control is really as you know especially in Petaluma the issues of water quality are super important and to get the balance just right of bioretention and and we have vegetated swales now that run along the side and the back of the site we have storm drains in the in the ground as well so there's you know the cost is that was an early estimate you know I'm not sure even sure what it would be now but so there are other reasons, technical, management, practical reasons why a gate doesn't work. Uh, but the biggest thing for us is really that the intent of all this is still there. You know, the, the walk to the, the garden is, I mean, I don't know, maybe a minute, minute and a half. You don't have to cross any streets. You just walk down to Shasta, take a left, and you're at the, at, the, at the garden. They can control access that way. They can intake folks so folks aren't just running around in the garden be part of the program, what have you. And we've got a community room in our building, and we're planning completely to have, I and mean, we don't even know if, if you folks do this yet, but to actually have maybe even cooking classes using bounty produce in our community room. I mean, we think that would just be a great partnership with the, with the garden. So hopefully that helps. Thank you. Go ahead. So <laughs> I just, you're, it, it, it really has to do nothing then about uh, the cost of this access or what it would take to uh, accommodate. You just, you don't want access between the properties any longer. Well, I think it, on all the levels. Yeah. Is really all those reasons together are really why we didn't feel it was practical back in 2011 when we, when we submitted the request to remove it. So okay. it's cost, it's technical, it's management, it's, it's practical, it's, it's all those all those reasons. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Is there any other presentations from staff or the applicant? Okay. So I'll open it up for public comment. Are there any public comments on this item? Okay. Seeing none, we'll close that and move to um, commission discussion. Is there anybody that'd like to start that discussion? I'll start. <coughs> I had a chance Please. to go out to the site this afternoon <coughs> to see the grade change, and it to me, it's at least 
three feet, if not five feet, and a good length of the of the uh, common property frontage. Um, and as someone who um, is responsible for farming um, about a thousand acres, I wouldn't want people just having free access into into our facility at any one time. And we we have a number of groups that come in, much like Petaluma Bounty, but it's on invitation with um, certificates of insurance and. Um, all the things that you need these days. So it sounds like we have a, an adjoining property owner that doesn't really want this, is saying it nicely, but they don't want this on their property. So it seems like it's legally impossible, and to me it seems impractical. I mean, it sounds like they're going to have a good, they're good neighbors, they'll find a way to um, provide safe common access between the two properties in a way that works for both of them. And, this seems to be boy. If you could do this, I'll tell you. Looking at it, Bill, it, to look at doing this for twenty thousand, I bet it's going to be a lot more, a lot more. So, I would I would urge my commissioners to think about it, uh, accepting the recommendation from staff. Anybody else would like to speak to that? I just want to say um, I'm not really sure how um, things might have gotten mixed up in 2011. I certainly don't mind it being an 11th hour issue. Um, I understand the advantage of fusing these two projects together, but at the end of the day, I, they're two separate projects. They're two separate entities, and I think you can have a wonderful relationship with your neighbor. Uh, I have them in my home, and we have a fence around our home, and it doesn't, you know, preclude any animosity or anything. It doesn't inhibit us from having me having a good relationship with my neighbors. The same in my business. We have a chain link fence, and we still have good relations with our neighbors. So I don't see why this can be any different. I don't think it necessarily takes away from anything. It clear, it does appear to me that these are these are going to be great neighbors and neighbors that are willing to work together, and uh, and have. It, said so and so I too would approve this motion to uh, modify um, the uh, rule 11 I believe it is so I um, those are my thoughts uh, Richard isn't that what they say good neighbors uh, or good fences make good neighbors right. <laughs> uh, yeah I, I was out there today also and I and I thought that uh, you know you've got uh, Luma bounty and full harvest out there people picking uh, produce and vegetables like crazy and the um, Logan place is is very attractive just finishing the uh, installation of the landscape and really looking like an invitive place I noticed the um, the play field in the center quad area and it's really looking like a, a nice project actually looks better from Petaluma Bounty Farms than it does from the street. Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, uh, I, I agree that the, uh, the, the point of access that was being considered in the back seemed like kind of a out-of-the-way place to, to have a, a neighbor gate, sort of speak. Uh, it was the, the lowest point of the grade along there. It does get higher as you go toward Petaluma Boulevard. But um, I, my contention was I just I I I didn't see the immediate um, justification for uh, an expensive 
ramp system and uh, uh, the ADA accessibility to the farm site because I don't know of any requirement for farms to be ADA accessible but that's kind of a non-issue at this point and I think if uh, everybody's happy with this uh, condition 11 going away then um, I'd like to see everybody happy I sounds like much ado about nothing at this point. We have two neighbors that want the same thing, and I think we ought to get our, our heads out of there and, and be done with it. Um, I, I would like to point out the gates can be locked, and I certainly appreciate that this isn't an optimal location for, for access if and when access is ever wanted. Um, I appreciate all the points made. I don't have any issue approving this. Okay. Is there a motion? I'll move that we support. Uh, the draft resolution with the modification made by staff. Second. I second. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? Okay, that what, number six passes unanimously. Thank you. Okay, we'll move on to the new item seven, which is the um, proposed ISO modifications related to freeway um, signs. All I gotta say for now about that. Okay. Um, so before you is reconsideration of text amendments to ISO Chapter 20. And going back through the background a little bit, in May of last year, the council um, directed staff to prepare modifications to Chapter 20 to allow freeway-oriented signs for retail shopping centers with freeway frontage. Um, as part of a master sign program. Council directed um, that, that those amendments include the authority to require architectural upgrades to freeway facing facades and existing retail shopping centers, direction to prohibit freestanding freeway oriented signs, um, and the council determined that the existing site plan and architectural review findings that are required would be required to approve a master sign program would be adequate to ensure design, um, size, lighting of the, any proposed freeway oriented signs would be appropriate with the shopping center and that would be at the discretion of the planning commission. So staff drafted those amendments, um, brought them before the planning commission in June of 2012 and the Planning Commission uh, unanimously recommended that the Council not approve those amendments. Um, there was um, a consensus that the sign code should be looked at comprehensively and not um, a single section changed. Um, and there were also some comments from the Planning Commission uh, wanting more specificity about um, how any freeways, if, if freeway-oriented signs were to be allowed, how they would be mounted, um, the size, material orientation. And the commission also expressed some concern regarding um, review of any master sign program that had freeway-oriented sign, make sure that it was consistent with um, Caltrans review along Highway 101. So uh, July 2nd, 2012, Planning Commission, or um, staff brought Planning Commission's recommendation back to City Council and City Council considered it and um, the motion to approve the amendments failed due to a tie vote. So it was a 3-3 vote at the Council. So 
the motion died. Um, in April of this year, Merlin Geyer submitted a um, request to the City Council for reconsideration of the amendments. The Council discussed it at their June 17th meeting and there was a majority of the Council that indicated support um, for that reconsideration and directed staff to bring the amendment back to Planning Commission for their reconsideration with any modifications that were appropriate to address Planning Commission's previous comments. So here we are um, before you tonight are um, amendments to Chapter 20 of the IZO for consideration, reconsideration. Um, so outlining some of the changes, there's a definition of master sign program added to Section 2020, currently there is actually no reference to master sign programs in our IZO, although it has been a practice for many, many years um, for centers to come through um, and have a master sign program approved through the site plan and architectural review process. So it's kind of um, codifying what has been used as practice. Um, the amendments include an exception to the existing prohibition of freeway oriented signs specifically for shopping centers with freeway frontage and as part of that master sign program at the discretion of the Planning Commission. Limitations are included in the amendments that would limit freeway oriented signs to wall signs and so that's going to um, automatically address some of the way it's oriented. It would be flush with with the building facade it could not extend above the roof line some of those things are already in the code about wall signs it would maintain the prohibition of freestanding signs and we've also added um, uh, it would prohibit cabinet signs so wanting any signs on the rear of those facades to be of a of a higher quality individual letters instead of just lighted boxes on the back um, we also um, created some supplemental findings that would need to be made um, by the Planning Commission if they were reviewing a master sign program that included freeway facing signs. So kind of including an additional level of review. Um, and that's ensuring uh, the design, um, size, appropriate lighting that's in character with the overall design of the center. It, um, specifies that freeway oriented signs would need to fall within the sign area allowances that are already included in the ICO. so it would not actually add additional signage on the site it would require um, that the allowable sign square footage that each building has within a shopping center is allocated if they want free freeway oriented signs that some of that would come off of their allowance and not be in addition to their square footage allowance um, it carries forward the Planning Commission's authority to require existing shopping centers with relatively blank building walls facing the freeway to um, provide some visual improvements to the building architecture as part of that review of a master sign program. And there's also an added acknowledgement that freeway oriented signage needs to be consistent with Caltrans requirements and referred to Caltrans as part of the review as determined necessary. So that, that's, a, that's an overview of what's before you tonight. Um, we did do noticing it's a, a general IZO change is being proposed. So we did an eighth page ad 
in the um, Argus Courier, we also sent mailed notices within a 500-foot radius of the four existing shopping centers. Um, and you do have one comment um, from Katherine Reinhardt that was emailed directly to each of you and is in the binder in the back, should anyone be interested. So staff is recommending that the Planning Commission reconsider this item and adopt a resolution recommending the City Council approve the text amendments as proposed. And I'm happy to answer any questions. I have two. There's a statement in the staff report and an assumption by the letter from Merlo and Geyer that says that somehow this now gives us some ability to make modifications to, you know, enhance the area around the signs. What was ever precluding us from that before? When we approved Regency, we requested landscaping. We requested that the backside of the building, you know, appear nicer than the backside of a building. So what is it that's currently prohibiting us from that stated claim that there's now a benefit that is both in the staff report and the Merlon Geyer letter? Well, I think it's for shopping centers that might al already be built. So a shopping center that is already built and perhaps there's a, a, blank, a blank wall along the freeway that this would give the authority for um, the Planning Commission's site plan and architectural review to actually require some changes to that blank wall and not just installation of signs. Okay, my second question is, is that um, if the total signage area isn't changing, I, you know, that we, sorry, and I didn't ask for this earlier, so I don't want to put it on you that you should have came with it, but um, I'm assuming there's been no analysis of has each of the, um, sub, you know, potentially subject properties been maxed out on their signs? Mm -hmm. Because if they then want to switch to a freeway fronting sign, then we now have an issue where they're removing a sign and then what does that look like and what's that process and have we outlined that? So again, that was my fault. I should have emailed you after I removed my packet to see if there was an analysis to say, yes, there's extra space for each of the four subject properties or, yeah, you know. Because it would require them to bring back their master sign program. So let's say East, let's say this was approved in East Washington Place wanted to include freeway facing signs. They would have to bring through an entire new master sign program for review. So yes, it theoretically could involve some um, juggling of that. I don't know if all of their signs are maxed out or not off the top of my head. Okay, are there other questions? I actually have a lot more. I, I, decided. I just have a follow-up question okay. to, to yours. Um, so then there was a um, segment in um, the end of this and where it talked about existing signs and it said that existing shopping centers that had previously been permitted would be allowed to continue. I assume then from what you just stated then that they would be allowed to continue so long as they didn't want freeway signage because as soon as they want that they've got to provide a master sign program which is going to look at all the signage in the shopping center. Yeah, so I mean anything that's a legal, if they've got a legal sign, it wouldn't be until that changed. That So let's say, let's say an existing shopping center came through and they wanted freeway facing signs, w they would get a new master sign program approved. That doesn't necessarily mean they have to take down every sign in their shopping center, but once a tenant turned over and they wanted a new sign, so you know Sleep City left, 
and mattress discounter came in, their new sign would have to be consistent with whatever new master sign program. What about monument signs and things that are more more associated with the overall development versus a specific tenant? Council, are you agreeing with this that we're not going to have, are you, I mean, I would really like to know, are we not going to have, I mean, I feel like what's going to happen is we're going to be told, oh, sorry, your nexus isn't there. This is only freeway fronting signs and those are previously approved and this is the only change they're making. So are we really hearing tonight that if this were approved that the entire sign program on an entire development would be subject to review at the time that we reviewed a master sign program for a request on a freeway fronting sign? Uh, that's how the the, um, the proposed amendments are drafted. That's how I read read them. What section are you in in D? Well, in if if you look at um, I'm looking at the Rezo right now, which shows the changes which are additive in bold, um, and so it's, I think it's kind of throughout. So first, there's um, a new M, which um, is the master sign program definition. Um, and then if you look at the, at, at the draft language for A under section 20.140, the way that ex exception reads says, however, freeway oriented wall signs may be approved by the planning commission as part of a master sign program for a retail shopping center. So as, as Heather kind of mentioned earlier in, front, in response to your first couple of questions, it's only within that context the exception even exists, the way this is drafted, I'm, and, and I'm not, and I'm just answering your question in terms of existing wording. I'm not trying to advocate or debate or anything. No, right. I'm just trying to make sure we're all clear on the interpretation of it. Um, and if you look again, again, the way it's presented in the rest, so there's also the re a, a red line in the zoning code, if that's easier, uh, a better way to view it that's preferred by the commission. B is the same thing, other than as part of a master sign program. So it's really only in that context that, that there's even a possible exception Against which would what would otherwise remain a prohibition against uh, um, freeway facing signs. Um, but I'm talking about like a monument sign, like for instance, let's talk about um, what is it? P Plaza North has a, has several monument signs along McDowell, several tenant spaces. What we're hearing is that when there's a tenant turnover, that that time the master sign program would apply if they applied for a master sign program that was approved, but I'm curious about like, like are they just, is this like, hey, if you want a freeway sign, then you're gonna calculate their, your signage and you're gonna have to go and undo or redo, potentially, the signs associated with the development. Yes, which would include the monument sign. I don't think it's any exclusion. It's the whole sign package, right? Yeah. And I, I think I that's the intent. Yeah, and that we would look at them, they would be essentially legal, legal existing until they Right. Turn over the existing signs. So, so the way I view this as presented is um, with the proposed change, there's continuity going forward of a general prohibition against freeway-facing signs. However, there's an exception created for uh, freeway-facing signs that um, are part of an approved master sign program, which takes into account all the signage for the development. Um, it's limited to uh, retail shopping centers as defined in the, in the code. Um, and it's, it's also the, the limits on the kinds of signs that may be freeway-facing um, and also the findings that need to be made to support um, those freeway facing signs. Um, so there's 
so it has to be part of an approved master sign program and the freeway facing sign component has to meet these additional requirements so the commission may not like or may not support it but I, that is a, that is a part of this package that's presented and I'd be happy to answer further or different or more detailed questions if you have them Oh, and I, I guess one quick thing to going back to the earlier question, um, I don't think there's anything that suggests or that staff or I would suggest that um, the commission didn't already have authority as part of a discretionary approval to get SPAR type improvements. Right. But what this provides is a, a would provide as a mechanism that makes that express. And uh, you would see that in C the latter part of it where it says building and or site improvements may be required by the Planning Commission to con to ensure conformance with the site plan architectural review standards and required findings. Is there any other place Heather with that? I think that's I think mostly that where that the language resides. And you know whether that's sufficient from the right. Planning Commission's standpoint to support that's another question but that's part of this package. Thanks. Okay. Are there? Okay. Go ahead. I have more when you're um, done. So I, I see a conflict. If if uh, I understand, you're saying that the the changes would take place as a tenant turns over. If somebody wants freeway signage, then a master sign program is produced that involves everybody. So that's the trigger. I mean, once once they decide they want it, then everybody's in. And it's not going to be one tenant at a time. Well, what I'm saying is um, for the existing tenants that all have signs currently that were legally installed, they got their sign permit, they've got their sign up, it's all legal, there would not be a trigger to say, okay, now everybody has to tear down, take off their signs and put up new signs to meet this new master sign program. And we'd kind of treat it like a... I see it being treated like a non-conforming mm -hmm. use situation or, or structure. If if a tenant left and a new sign permit came in, it ha would have to be consistent with the new master sign program. So you would allow the additional score footage to go over the amount to allow freeway signage and then reduce it as other tenants come in and then they get their signage reduced? I mean, how does that work with a master sign program? Well the the square footage is done by tenant so the the formula that's in the ISO currently it tells it takes you through a formula based on how many tenants you have and the size of each of those tenants get it gets a percentage of the total and you're subtracting from that though the the area for a monument sign and right so some of it is taken out for a monument sign but what you end up with is a table essentially that says okay so uh, target is this many square feet so it's that percentage of the total square footage of the shopping center and here's your total sign area so they get 23% of that or whatever it might be 33% uh, of it so if a master sign program came in um, theoretically all those numbers would stay the same it just might be that target and BevMo and TJ Maxx now want to have 50% of their sign area on the back of their building and 50% on the front of their building. 
but it wouldn't necessarily change the square footage for all the tenants in the shopping center. I think that's quite the question. I think the issue is that we're, Bill's assuming in his question that the sign, the sign square footage is already maxed out, so it's been calculated for an existing development, and they've built out their sign. And so what Bill's saying is then if you approve a master sign program and you want to go then put a freeway fronting sign on, you know, the freeway, whatever, that side of the building, then you would essentially either have to require that another sign came down or some other adjustment either on a monument or on a tenant sign, but then the conflict he was hearing, and sorry I'm speaking for you, I think I'm interpreting this correctly, that is that the tenant sign then becomes an issue because you're now over your square footage. But I think to me there's still just confusion with that as well as like what is subject to the master sign program right away once it's approved besides the new proposed signage if it's not the tenant signs which would happen over time because it's like a non-conforming use. And, and if there is a, if the um, commission has suggestions on a way um, with the square footage, um, happy to discuss those. The idea was trying to address some of the Planning Commission's previous concerns about how, how do we regulate this, how do we kind of manage it and not let it get, get out, out ahead of us. Right. Another thing we hear quite often is that the current sign code allows a lot of signage. So what, what I've heard is we already allow, allow a lot of signage, so if we're going to allow freeway-oriented signage, maybe it requires that signage on both sides for that tenant are smaller instead of allowing additional. So happy to discuss <coughs> if, there's a, if there's a different way to address this, this issue that... Are there any other questions before I, we do public comment? I do, oh, um, okay. if I may. Um, just to understand better, the total um, maximum square footage of signage is not going to change. If, for example, East Washington, um, a tenant there has already maxed out their, um, their allowable square footage of signage, they're going to have, if they want some, if they want a rear facing sign, they would have to take away something existing, right? I mean, the hole isn't going to change, but a tenant who may or may not be maxed out, and I think at the end of the day, that's every, every one of those shopping centers is going to need to determine, and, and, you know, how many more allowable um, square feet of signage they're going to get or not get. Right, but if, if I was tenant A and I was already maxed out and I wanted to do something, and if I felt that I would get more traffic from the rear-facing sign than I would something in the front, I'm going to have to remove something to make the equation whole, right? Correct. Okay, thank you. I did have a quick question. Um, cabinet signs. If I, just in driving up and down as early as today, uh, as late as today, uh, in the early morning, the um, the outlet signs. Some of them are individual letters, but some of them are cabinet signs. So we're not that is that would not be allowed. I don't necessarily I, view them as inferior or not. There's some, but but right uh, some a, of those as it's proposed now. And again, this these are suggestions that are before the commission for consideration. But right. Yes, they would not be allowed as cabinet signs. It would have to be individual letters. And that that is a pretty typical, it's something that we see a lot in the shopping center sign programs that the city has done is not allowing cabinet signs because it allows a, generally speaking, I'm not saying that a nicely designed cabinet sign 
right. can't necessarily happen, but that that is a, a common requirement of some of our shopping center sign programs currently. Can I just Thank interrupt you. and note to people that are out there that if you do want to comment on this issue, you need to fill out a speaker card. So we're going to get ready for public comment in a minute. So I want to get that going if anybody's interested in that. They're on the back and they come up here. Thanks. Sorry. Councilmember Miller? Yeah. Council um, mouthful. Now th huh? Councilmember Miller. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Um, so uh, Commissioner Marzo mentioned um, the outlet mall. And the question that, that I have, and I think um, would be good to answer um, for the commissioners and also for the public, is why why the discrepancy? Why are there signs, freeway facing signs, at the outlet mall and at the auto mall and in some of the businesses along 101, um, but are not permitted um, in the area around East Washington? And I think that's that's a question that a lot of people would like answered. Well, I can tell you that, um, the, for instance, we get a lot of questions about the Auto Mall. Um, Auto Mall has its own sign program, and it allows freeway-facing signs. Um, I can't tell you w exactly what the consideration was when that was approved, but that, that is the adopted approved sign program. Similarly, the Outlet Mall, um, their sign program allows those signs on that elevation, and I believe when that was adopted part of the thinking was that those signs orient to their rear parking lot and the ten the patrons that would be parking in that rear parking lot the best best i can and, uh, I'll, yeah i was okay, gonna say yeah. although they not uh, they not actually direct you to where the store well and and that's really i mean that's kind of the whole i mean there i and I don't know, maybe I should save this for comment. I'll save it for comment. <laughs> okay, so are, do, are there any other questions? And we can just open and close public hearing and then move to... I, I have uh, a question. Go ahead. Comment or it, it occurs to me Because they have smaller allowances. Much smaller, some of these. Theoretically, that could be true, yes. Yeah. And, and it occurs to me that, thank you, that the developers um, are going to find um, a, in the case of the existing shopping centers, are going to find this prohibitively expensive to redo their master sign programs. Uh, and, and if they did, they wouldn't find anything that would benefit um, equally their tenants and they're going to be wanting to do a cluster sign they're going to want to group tenants into a sign um, I, I'm just kind of frightened about what this is going to look like honestly but um, those are those are my thoughts okay I'm going to open it up for the public comment period so is anybody here wanting to make a public comment okay seeing none we'll close it and open up for um, commission discussion Madam Chair, I also had a couple of quick follow-up comments. Okay. Um, one is, I, I actually, and this is maybe a question to Heather's, um, I, I don't see grandfathering in this 
provision for existing signs. I think it works like like um, Commissioner Marzo was kind of asking. In other words, the, the the way I read it, and if I'm missing something, I'm happy to be corrected. Um, that it really would require, you know, an existing shopping center if they were seeking freeway facing signs to submit. Um, a new or updated master sign program for review um, that um, uh, th that was subject to comprehensive review, including sign removal and recreation. Um, and and maybe that's not the intent, or maybe I'm missing some part of this, but that's how I read it. So, um, um, you know, I, it it seems pretty. Um, pretty focused in that way and maybe it could be that if you look at the at the draft definition in M there's this language at the end it says when when a unique cohesive approach to project signage is warranted some flexibility and design requirements may be approved by the planning commission if it is found that the master sign program is in conformance with the purposes stated in 20.010 I'm not sure what's intended as, as far as the scope of that is that maybe it allows I don't know if that's intended, for example, to actually allow departing from what otherwise would be the uh, formula maximum square footage requirements, um, and and maybe Heather can address that. But I, you know, I just wanted to put that out there in case I need to be corrected or that we just all need to be clear that that um, that for new projects or existing ones, it would still be necessary. To ensure to um, to to have approved freeway facing signs that um, other than those that are already in, in like say that the outlet mall already exists and they have a sign program and they're compliance with that but if they were to come forward now to do new freeway facing signs other than what's permitted in their sign program I think they they trigger this I think Regency would trigger it um, if they were to come forward for new freeway facing signs. So anyway, I'm happy to be corrected about that, but that's how I read this. And it's referring to sub, um, section 20.010, which requires that signs do not detract from the attractiveness of the city and that they are to avoid wasteful and costly competition. I just wanted to point that out. This section 24.010G that's referenced in um, M. Yes. What is that? Ooh, wait, sorry. 400. Oh, okay, I got it. Sorry. I don't think we have it. 24.010. Let's let's. Uh, is, if it's not in the package, we can. No, it's not. Grab it. Um, sorry to put you on the spot, no, but no, I know you have the whole no. thing in front of you. We're we're all on the spot. That's <laughs> that's how this is supposed to work. So, uh, sorry, that's. 24010G. It's in the staff report from June 12th. Took a while to find it, but it's there. It's under administrative procedures, I think. Right. It's, it's like first, first bar. Standard, oh, it's standards spar for review findings. of applications. That's the SPAR, a reference to the SPAR findings. Standards for review of applications. Is yeah, like appropriate use right. of quality materials. So what that's saying is that in order oh. to approve a master sign program, you're going to need to make review it under site plan and architectural review and make all those findings that are called for in the code. Yeah. 
Right. That's um, it's not a numbered page, but it's in what was attachment two. Does that answer your question, council member? It does. Thank Good. you. Thanks. Question for council? Yeah. Councilor, uh, a, a question about um, CEQA compliance. We have one, uh, two brand new shopping centers, uh, one that's just got a certificate of occupancy, the other one that's still under construction, site construction, it, and both were the subject of EIRs. Is there any issue with segmentation? Um, especially since that this is brought forward as a specific request from one of the builders? I, I don't think there is, just because um, nothing guarantees that um, even if this um, change is ultimately adopted by the council, that there will be even one application for it. Um, and, and certainly nothing would excuse um, application-specific CEQA review to address whether uh, visual impacts of a, of a new master sign program, um, you know, may have impacts that need to be mitigated or, or not. So I, I don't think so. We, I admit we haven't looked at that deeply for tonight, and, and we could look at it, you know, more deeply for for when this goes up to the council, but I, 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 I don't see that. Okay, good. Thanks. Thank you. Commissioner Wolpert? Um, was there um, any kind of outside consultant uh, involved in bringing them the edits? What I know some of the def definitions were included. We're talking about, um, you know, lumens, um, direct lighting, indirect lighting, and I only have a vague idea of what that involves. But um, I know that the technology of lighting is changing drastically. A lot more things are LEDs. You know, you see um, neon lighting, for instance, is kind of a lost art. You're seeing less and less of that. So I was just wondering if there was some um, expertise that was consulted in directing this effort or if it was just put together from other sign ordinances that are well received there actually hasn't been any changes proposed to those those are all existing definitions in the code do you mean when they were originally adopted Well, definitions were just one example uh, i was trying to make of of some of the technicality mm. that i think is involved in this no so it, it is it has not been these these edits were not sent out to a, okay. a you know a, a third party to draft them they were really um, the edits that were presented last time and trying to add a little more detail around some of the design aspects to address the Planning Commission's concerns what is different than the I only noticed one thing different than <coughs> what was brought before us last time and it was item under 20140 item 5 regarding lighting um, so last time um, it it did not um, last time it didn't prohibit cabinet signs it didn't say that the sign area had to be um, within the existing limits okay. um, it the reference to Caltrans 
Um, some some of the detail and some of the findings, and I believe also we made some um, modifications to the definition to make it really clear that the planning commission has the discretion for site plan and architectural review for a master sign program instead of it being able to be done um, administratively through site plan and architectural review. So if I may ask, if the resolution is approved and Plaza North comes to us, the actual signs are going to be reviewed at site plan and architectural review, correct? Yes, correct. Thank you. Ready? Okay. Oh, sorry. Okay, I'm just so um, you know I don't I don't really support this. I'll just be clear right now. We already looked at this. There was three um, commissioners, including Councilmember Kearney, that actually voted against this. And while there's a slightly tighter than what was presented, it's basically the same thing. Um, the, the code and the definition that I reference, as well as the resolution on the second page, requires that we make a finding that this does not detract from the attractiveness or orderliness of the city and that it avoids wasteful and costly competition among sign users. And I just would want to implore this commission to think about what the benefit to the city really is by having a Target, a Raley's, a Freedman's sign facing our freeway. Do we really feel like there's some huge economic benefit? No. To me, this is a branding exercise. It's a, getting that sign out there more often. I'd also like to note on Merlo and Geyer's letter, they reference neutral signage, which if this is approved, I'd recommend that you add in um, the requirement that they asked for because I guarantee you it's going to be a bright red Rayleigh sign and a bright red target on the back of the freeway. And I get that it's, you know, like, it's freeway signs and it's a freeway and I mean I get that whole argument but at the same time why I just want to know I think if we're gonna vote for this I think we need to give the public a really good answer why we think this is so important for our city to have on these four developments signage along the freeway just what what is the benefit are we really gonna have an economics they're gonna turn that needle any farther for Petaluma not for the businesses that would ultimately benefit from the signage and the branding along 101 in our town. So that's where I stand. Commissioner Wolpert. Uh, furthermore, I'd say that last time we discussed this and voted unanimously not to um, approve it, uh, part of that was the fact that the sign ordinance needed a complete overhaul and I feel like that's being short-circuited for political reasons and what we're doing is getting um, kind of some hot-button topics within the signage ordinance addressed without looking at um, a more holistic review of <coughs> the entire signage ordinance this was some of the issues that were brought up in last night's meeting by planning staff that they're they're are a lot of cobwebs they were called um, by the council members and um, staff's recommendation was for the best way to clean that up is go through this process thoroughly not go through and just like pick at the things that are rising to the surface right now I have uh, 
several pages of questions. I'm not sure they could all be answered tonight, but I, I think this is a more complex issue than we're really prepared to deal with in one meeting. I think it should possibly even be more of a workshop. But um, I think that uh, to create an overall signage program, how we want that to look, how we want that to be defined, is going to take a lot of time. One, one example, mm -hmm. and, I, and I'll say just for the record that I, I don't really have a, um, I, I don't have a decision one way or the other, pro or con of freeway signage. And, and one uh, example that kind of changed my mind were the, um, the, the mall, the village at Corte Madera, for years has never had any signage. Uh, the buildings are all kind of at 45 degrees. It's kind of a sawtooth on the east side of the freeway. This weekend, signage started appearing facing the freeway. But they're, they're all black letters. They're all the same font. They're all the same size. Uh, they, they're uh, stood up away on like a little eyebrow that juts out over the loading bay. And it's a very clean, sophisticated look. Mm -hmm. So I could be persuaded that something like that could be appropriate but that kind of detail is not is not part of this document and I think that's where we need to get before we could say that this is ready to go public yeah we're well, certainly not the first jurisdiction to go through this I Holly and I just drove back from Lake Tahoe today and I'll tell you I saw enough freeway signage to know what I don't like. Um, Cordova. Yeah, just getting smacked in the forehead like every quarter mile with a Starbucks sign. <clears throat> but isn't, what, isn't that what we do at the SPAR level, that we would actually have the opportunity to look at those signs? I am on the record for supporting this resolution. I believe, I don't think we have to prove that it adds. Uh, you know, beauty to the city. I don't think at the end of the day it detracts to the point where I would vote against it. I do believe that it's along 101, and while it's our neighborhood, it is also a major thoroughfare with thousands of people driving through on their way, and signage is helpful. I've done that drive to Tahoe. I like to know, you know, uh, I, I really use those highway signs that says food ahead and or gas station or something like that that, that you know, helps you know, helps me make a decision whether I'm going to turn off or not. So, but on the other hand, I, I don't think they detract that much. Uh, it's probably because we've become accustomed to them. Uh, but I do think that it would help people who are not from here, who are just driving through and on Highway 101. Um, I also, um, I think, uh, I'm just going to reserve my comments for a moment. Okay, um, a couple of things, and, and some of it is, is sort of in response to, to what's been said. Um, I don't think the sign ordinance is being short-circuited for political purposes. Um, we just don't have the money to go through and rewrite the entire sign zoning, um, the sign ICO. We just don't have it. I would love it if we did. I think that it needs to be done, but there's just not the money to do it. So yes, there is a certain amount of piecemeal approach that that's being taken here. Um, secondly, we aren't this 
isn't us agreeing to line our freeway with signs. We're just agreeing to put into, into effect a way for shopping centers, if they want to give up, you know, if they want to change their sign allocation to allow them to have freeway facing signs, for them to do that. Um, I think it's I think it's silly to have the outlet mall have signs and the auto mall have signs and then say to these other businesses that are oriented along the freeway that you can't have signs. Um, I agree with with some of what Mr. Marzo said. I know that when you're someplace or when I'm someplace that I'm not familiar with, I do like he said, you know, you look for the little signs that say food and gas, and then you look for the signs that tell you, you know, what's there, what kind of food, um, what kind of gas. I mean, those are, I, I think, those are valid, valid, um, you know, people look for that stuff. And we certainly do want to encourage people to stop in our town. Um, their tax dollars help fix our roads and fund our parks and do all those things that we really like to see done in the in the community where we live. Um, so that's kind of my take on it. All of that being said, I do agree with what Commissioner Wolpert said in that it would be nice to have standards enacted that that require I've I've been down by the the mall in Corte Madera where they are starting to put they look very nice you're right and so I think it would be great to have something added in here or have some sort of guidelines designed as to what we're going to allow in our freeway facing signs that I think is a great idea but in terms of of just wholesale no we don't like freeway facing signs we don't think they're pretty whatever i mean i think at this point the, 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 that's already the, that's already left the building i mean we have them they're already here and i think it's it's a little unfair to sort of say okay well you guys can do it but you guys can't so you know given that there are all these protections put in here and I would certainly advocate the additional protection of having some sort of um, design requirements for them um, I think that there's enough enough process in here where it has to come before spar it has to have spar review you have to come up with a new master sign plan I think there's enough protection in here um, to 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 make this um, to make this a good idea I think that that without um, clear definition of what we're looking for, then we're going to put applicants through more pain by by essentially telling them we'll know what we like when we see it, and uh, so so we're going to take box signs out of the equation, but that leaves a heck of a lot of other possibilities. Sure. Um, so I, I would, I would not continue on this tonight. I would hope that we could come back with some kind of better definition on the kind of signage that we would like to see, whether that involves kind of a, um, a business owner committee, committee or um, or a community group or just a small group, a task force that says, you know, if we're going to do this, this is what we'd like to see. 
because I, I mean, the whole question about, um, you know, are we are we looking at names, um, letters, or logos, or is it going to be a mishmash of logos and names? I mean, I, um, where do you cut that off? A lot of logos. If we de if we define that the letters will all be uh, black um, outline letters or something, channel letters. Um, and somebody has a, a a bullseye that that that's their logo, uh, it, and it doesn't work in black. Um, I mean, lo logos are are important, but is that something that uh, should go or not? The item number M that's being proposed has nothing to do with freeway fronting signs. It's just a definition of a master sign program, and that provides the <coughs> same authorities. We don't. There's no linkage between the freeway fronting signs and the ability to then do master sign programs, review those signs, and go through that process for a development. So I support, I forgot to mention that I do support the addition of that definition so that we can look at that. That's been frustrating the last few years to have big projects come through and say, don't look at the sign program right now. We'll do that administratively because it is part of the package that SPAR needs to look at. So I would support at least adding the M for now, which might provide some, well, actually, everything's approved now. What additional properties are open and available that aren't, don't already have approval with a signed program or with a you know, current signed program? I mean, the ones we're looking at right now for freeway-facing signs are really the four existing shopping centers. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, so if, if it sounds to me like there might be a... Um, a, a majority that would like to continue and bring back some ideas um, specifically on design um, and so some of that I think that um, I'm trying to think of how to ensure certain design um, standards but do we want to standardize it so much that every single freeway facing sign like for instance black you know individual channel letters no logos names <coughs> only why don't, why don't we take a look at what some of our jurisdictions are doing because i think i mean uh, there i know there's been a number of them that have had to go through this i mean i'm going down to the state conference next month well about a week and a half from now and there are there's always uh, at least a couple of seminars on just this topic yeah so, so it might I'll be certainly try to bring I don't know if staff's going down but yeah and bring back <coughs> some you know some different sign codes to maybe look yep. at and maybe some pictures of some examples um, and looking at how much specificity you want in this or how much specificity which then would be additionally it would go to the next level of specificity in the individual master sign program that's that's the and I think it would be beneficial to the city if we did look at approving this item M tonight because there are going to be projects that have nothing to do with freeway oriented signs that are going to come through and we currently don't have the ability to review that. That's something staff does administratively after it's gone through SPAR. We, we actually have, those have come to you guys. We get this, we get the signs but we get, you guys end up doing the final kind of approval of the design, right? Yeah, at the, no, at the with counter. But like with Deer Creek Village, for instance, you guys approve site plan and architectural f review for their sign program. And then what we do is when an, 
this hasn't happened yet with that specific project, but when they come in for a signed permit, we then look at the signed program that you guys approved and make sure it's consistent. Got it. With but, that. Yeah, but the program has been more sign size, location, like the combination of, you know, monuments versus wall signs. I mean, we haven't, and maybe we just haven't done that because we haven't done it. But typically, I don't feel like we've, you know, historically in the last few years have gotten the information really to dig in on a lot of the specifics that you're probably looking at because we've really just been talking about height, locate, general location, that kind of thing space on a sign maybe i'm not recalling correctly and maybe they're just usually so enormous that we don't get to that detail but okay can i make a comment yeah of course um, other way yeah. yeah there you go there yeah you go. oh it was on um i'm i'm noticing in um the july 2nd attachment e this was um from the planning manager to the council about, um, I guess, about the reporting back the planning commission um, meeting and concerns and outcomes. And on the second page, it, um, I see that the consensus of the commission was assigned and should be reviewed comprehensively. We've talked about that. Ensure continuity and cohesion for city sign standards, uh, et cetera, including freeway oriented signs. Uh, looking at the code section as a whole, and I'm and what caught my eye was was the last sentence: a visual analysis to better understand the aesthetic impact of allowing freeway-oriented signs, as well as a comprehensive mapping of all sites along the freeway corridor. It might be affected, uh, not just the four shopping centers listed. Um, you know that you guys, some someone I think dialed that dialed in a great recommendation there, and we haven't seen that, and that would be really really helpful to this conversation and and to move some of these design concerns forward. And some of that we did have a, a mapping exercise okay. on the PowerPoint that we're not <laughs> able to show that was going to allow us to take you from the north to the south or the south to the north um, along the corridor to see okay. what the properties were. So my apologies on that. Um, but you know, the, the visual, the, there, is, there is a real reticence for me. I really have a visual fear. Um, my design instincts are screaming at me saying, oh my God, where can this go? On the other hand, I, I feel strongly that, that it is fair to allow some freeway facing signs. And if they're, if they're done thoughtfully and, um, and you know, with, 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 you know, good design review behind them. And all of this, the way it's written, is at the discretion of the Planning Commission. There's a nice review process here. And the ability to ask for improvements on, on the freeway-facing facades, on those walls, is huge. We have some, some very unfortunate walls facing <laughs> our Highway 101 in this town. And that's a, an, a, an amazing opportunity for us. And I really do like that. And I think that we could, in fact, probably improve the aesthetic from the freeway with this, if it were done right and thoughtfully. So I'm not averse to, to um, a, approving a well thought out program, but, but I would like to see some more thought into it. And, and I know that we don't have the money, but it sure would be nice to have a, sign, you know, to have a consultant to, to give an assist here. And, and I agree with JT, at least seeing, not reinventing the wheel, let's see, what, let's see how some of our fellow um, communities have have um, faced these challenges and what they learned and and 
at the very least, you know, be more informed as we make these decisions. So it sounds like you need a, a motion for continuance or, or action tonight. I'm not sure what, I'm not, I'm not really sure what, what you need. Uh, if there is a consensus that we would like to keep this on the table and not actually make a decision, but rather ask you to, you know, do some more work on it, is that a continuance or is that a motion to ask you to do that? It's a continuance okay. with the direction that I think has been clearly given okay. tonight on looking at some, looking at different jurisdictions, looking at uh, a, a higher degree of require design requirements in in the um, code section, it's having the use of our PowerPoint um, to look at that highway corridor to better understand what properties are out there and what it might be impacted. So okay. if that is the consensus of the commission, we'd be looking at a continuance. I would request that it be a, to a date uncertain because I'm not sure how, how quickly we can. Okay. Okay, do I have a motion for that? I'll so move. Is there a second? I'll second. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Okay. We'll see what you can do. Okay. I think that's the last agenda item. And so if there's no objections, we will adjourn. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. All four of these.